Blog Talk Radio. There is a watchman on the wall, bringing forth the written word of God to one and all. Are you getting ready? Will you stand or will you fall? Listen to the watchman on the wall. Listen to the watchman on the Rise and shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. A new day has dawned. All over the earth, men and women are arising. It's time for the sons of God to awake. It is a day of justice, recompense, Restoration, revival, and resurrection power. gentlemen, this is Vincent Xavier, pastor of New Wine Ministries. Great to be with you today. I'm in the caves of Israel because that's where we're all going. Think about it. Uh, I love Israel. I love searching it out. I love exploring it. I love going to all of the areas, the caves of Agilum where David hung out um, in the wilderness by the Dead Sea. I know that uh, there's some great spots and God has actually promised some of his people in Israel, that they would literally escape to certain places um, in the last days. And we know in the book of Revelation that there is a wilderness that God has designed for the people, his people, to come into in the last days where he's prepared it and where he is going to nourish the people while they are there for three and a half years. And so I love it, and I don't know exactly where we're going to be here in the United States. I know what Jesus said, when you see these things begin to come to pass, then flee to the, those who are in uh, Judea, flee to the mountains. Those who are in Judea, flee to the mountains. Has the Lord spoken to you about where to flee, where you live? I mean, it's important. We're going to look at that today. But again, I want to welcome everybody to the broadcast I've got some scripture I want to be sharing here in just a moment, but I wanted to undoubtedly say to you that as this screen behind me is revealing a cave and overseeing areas of the wilderness in Israel, that there is coming a wilderness experience for the children of God. I believe that we are going back to the 1700s. 
uh, in the 1800s before electricity. I believe that the people that survived this upcoming Holocaust are going to have to learn how to live in a wilderness experience. Now, it may be that a new system of electricity will come online, but you know and I know during the Great Tribulation, we're not going to be permitted to use that system. So we have to be in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now so that we will be able to endure that time that God has prescribed definitely as three and a half years, 42 months, 1260 days. And I am speaking out of the book of Revelation, and I just know in my, in my knower that there is a wilderness experience. As a matter of fact, in Revelation chapter 12, <clears throat> here's what we read. And again, if, if you study this book of Revelation, which is a prophecy, okay, it is a prophecy, and if we look at this prophecy as something that had been written 2,000 years ago, we may have a tendency to entertain thoughts and ideas about, well, it's already been fulfilled, as though that's what the hyperpreterist movement would say, which is a false movement because it's never been fulfilled, quite frankly, if you want to look at it for the truth. However, however, not only do we entertain that idea, but many people entertain the idea that, well, we're not going to be here for this period of time known as the Great Tribulation and all these events that we're reading about. We, it has nothing to do with us. And, however, what is true is that you and I, who are belonging to the Lord, serving the Lord, okay, we're sealed by the Holy Spirit. This has everything to do with us. And remember something about Bible prophecy. Bible prophecy has an ability like Jesus Christ. Let's look for just a moment at all the prophecies in the Bible that dealt with the coming of God's Son, the Messiah. It wasn't written in, you know, spoken 40 years prior. In some cases, the prophecies belonging to the coming of the Messiah reach back 4,000 years. I mean, in the Garden of, uh, in the Garden of Eden, after Adam and Mrs. Adam were cast out, you know that the first prophecy coming, uh, speaking of the coming of the Messiah is in Genesis chapter 3. And then throughout that period of time, all the types and all the shadows and all the prophetic utterances and all the, the different judges and everything were speaking of a time where the, the, the Messiah would come. So 4,000 years of prophecy about a coming Messiah Many people came in that name getting a little impatient and frustrated, kind of like Abraham and Sarah. They just couldn't wait for the promise, so they got involved and brought forth an Ishmael. Well, many people came saying, I am the Messiah, and I, one, they thought maybe one of the judges, maybe King David, uh, maybe Solomon, you know, that these were the fulfillment of the prophecy, but they never were. That singular prophecy concerning the Messiah was fulfilled 4,000 years later in the dispensation of the fullness of time, okay, in Galatians chapter 4, we read about a dispensation of the fullness of time. God sent his son made of a woman made under the law. You'll find that in Galatians chapter 4. But it was in the Kairos moment of God. It was when in the economy of heaven, when everything was ripe, all those 4,000 years of Bible prophecy waiting for one Messiah, the only begotten son of God, it took 4,000 years for it to materialize and to come to pass. So when we look at the book of Revelation as a prophecy 
which we know five times the book of Revelation itself, Revelation 1-3, Revelation 22, 7, 10, 18, and 19, five verses tell us that the book of Revelation is a prophecy. So even though it was written 2,000 years ago, it's, it's moving along, but waiting for the generation, the moment, the dispensation of the fullness of time again, where that prophecy will become a reality. And there have been for 2,000 years, many saints of God looked at the final prophecy, the final word of God, the book of Revelation, and thought maybe we're the ones, maybe we're the generation, maybe this is it, World War II, maybe we're the ones. And they all tried to, you know, or, or saw it in a certain way. But because, number one, it was never fulfilled, because once this prophecy begins, it's going to continue to the very end. It doesn't start and then stop and then start and then stop. Yeah, this, this prophecy, it comes, and then everything written within it will be fulfilled in unfolding uh, connections. And it, there is a divine order to the book of Revelation as a prophecy. Don't ever forget that. I'm going to slow down in just a little bit, and I'm going to walk through these thoughts. But another reason why we should not be amazed that this prophecy is for our generation is because we are the generation living right now when Israel become, became a nation. So for 1,900 years, Israel is a scattered people around the world. And in 1948, Israel is regathered. 1967, they become established. And then they fought all these different wars. They established themselves. Now Jerusalem is the capital. Israel is a formidable nation. And so now within the context of the fig tree putting forth its branches or Israel becoming a nation, we are living within the context of the final generation because Jesus said that this generation, the generation who sees the fig tree put forth its branches or Israel become a nation again, everything will be fulfilled. And so Israel today is 73 years old, which means it has another seven years to fulfill its generational calling because a generation is 70 years. And if by power or strength, 80 years. So we are still the generation living in the context of this Bible prophecy being fulfilled. And the book of Revelation has already begun. The prophecies in the book of Revelation have already begun within our generation. We could literally mark it as being true. So the book of Revelation is the deal. Now, Revelation chapter 12 is, is telling us where we're going. And this, this involves people all over the world, the saints of God everywhere around the world, where it says in verse 5, and she brought forth a man-child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up unto God into his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness. Now watch. The woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared of God, that they should feed her there a thousand two hundred and three score days. That's 1,260 days. The same time as 42 months. The same time as three and a half years. So this woman, when we identify who she is, we know that she is going to flee into the wilderness, and God has prepared that wilderness for her, and somebody is going to be there feeding her, nourishing her, taking care of her for the same amount of time as the Great Tribulation. All right, so whoever this woman was that brought forth the man-child, was it Israel? Was it the church? 
the, the New Jerusalem. I mean, there's a lot to explore in that. But what, we, what my point is, this woman is going into the wilderness in the last days for three and a half year great tribulation. She's going to be taken care of. It also tells us that in verse 13, that when the dragon saw that he was cast out into the earth, he persecuted the woman which brought forth the man-child, and to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place where she is nourished for a time or a year, and times, two more years is three, and half a time, that's three and a half years, from the face of the serpent. So this woman is going to be spared. She's going to be protected in the wilderness. Now, understand that this book of Revelation chapter 12, the sign in the first verse, and there appeared a great wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, the moon under her feet, upon her head a crown of 12 stars. That sign happened on September 23rd, 2017. 2017, September 23rd, the sign of Revelation chapter 12, that constellation, appeared, some say after 5,000 years, in Israel. They, they were able to see the constellation, and that was the third sign that began in 2014. Remember 2014, Passover, blood red moon? Remember Tabernacles 2014, blood red moon? That's two. And remember 2015, Passover, third blood red moon, and then Tabernacles 2015, blood red moon. There was a four blood red moons from 2014 and 2015, both, all four of them on feast days, which meant it was a tetrad, and it was a sign. And then when you marked out whenever other tetrads had been in existence, and there have been many of them, very significant moment in the economy of God. And have we not seen significant transformations since the tetrad of blood red moons? And if that wasn't enough, in 2016, we witnessed the solar eclipse from Oregon, Portland, Oregon, all the way to South Carolina. There was a direct, and it, and it passed over several cities that were um, spoken of as cities of peace. There was a solar eclipse. Another sign in the sun. So we had a sign in the moons or in the moon, and then we had a sign in the sun in 2016. Did the world change? Did Donald Trump come to power and create a division and a, and a spasm throughout the nations of the earth? I mean, you saw it. We witnessed it. We went through it. And then in 2017, the Revelation 12 constellation and the stars happened in this planet at this time. Now, what do the sun, moon, and stars represent? In Genesis 1.14, they are the calendar of God. So when a signal comes from the sun, moon, and stars, it is a warning. It is an omen. It is a banner. It is a, uh, an alert. And so when God was sending these witnesses in the sun, moon, and stars, he was telling the inhabitants of the earth what's ready to happen. And yet those very signs in the sun, moon, and stars created all this upheaval on the earth to bring us to where we are right now. That's absolutely fascinating. So Revelation 12, that is the sign that was telling us what's coming. It was like saying, well, the Super Bowl is going to be in, in a month, and so you mark it on your calendar, and so now you're looking, you're looking to what is coming. 
So God revealed on his calendar in the heavens the events that are transpiring right now and the ones that are yet to come. And one of them is that this woman is going into the wilderness. And you have to be prepared to go into a wilderness experience for three and a half years. That is absolutely amazing. So Jesus said it this way in Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24 when, it, when talking about all the events that are associated with the Great Tribulation, he said in verse, let's go to verse 18. Should I go there? Should I go there? Da, 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 da. No, let's go to verse 16. So it says in Matthew 24, 16, Jesus said, Then let them which be in Judea, So if you're in Judea, when the abomination of desolation spoken of by the the Daniel prophets stand in the holy place, when you're there, you're going to be the first ones to see the Antichrist stand in the temple, right? Then let them which be in Judea flee into the mountains. Flee into the mountains. Where is the woman going in Revelation 12? She's fleeing into the wilderness. Where are you going to be? So it almost appears that the sign... Of, of this Bible prophecy, Revelation, being fulfilled is going to begin in Israel. So in Israel, the saints of God that are there who know Bible prophecy are going to witness a temple, and I do believe that a temple will be built. It's already ready. All they got to do is put it together. They say it could take weeks, if that. So the temple could go up in any moment in just a few days It will be a temple where they could be doing their sacrifices, which, unfortunately, to the unbelieving Jews, is the greatest sign of rebellion against God. To build that temple, to have animal sacrifices, is the ultimate rejection of the Son of God. And so that's why the Antichrist will actually go into that temple, and he will stand in it and declare himself to be God. That's going to happen. So when the believing saints are there and they witness that event, they're going to know the timing to go into the mountains of Judea. Then the, the, the dragon, the beast that is going to occupy that time, that period of time, is going to begin a persecution against the saints of God. Now, is it limited to the Middle East? Heck no. We believe that a caliphate will actually be formed, and the caliphal will come, or the Mahdi will come, or the 12th imam will come, and he will unite the Sunni and the Shia tribes of Islam, and that they will go on a global, worldwide tribulation period. And this is where things are going to go. You're going to have the dragon. You're going to have the beast, the Islamic beast, in my understanding. You're going to have Mystery Babylon. You're going to have the false prophet. You're going to have all these things operating in the world in the last days, doing everything in their power to destroy everything that belongs to God. And that's why you and I would be the target of this time. Now, many saints around the world are going into the Great Tribulation. Many martyrs, much persecution is going to happen. But there will be that remnant that will go into the wilderness. There will be that church in Philadelphia that will be kept from this hour of tribulation that's coming on the face of the whole earth to try all the people on this earth. Now, Revelation is the book It's the final prophecy. Let's say it again. 
Revelation is a prophecy. And for those of you who have never understood that, I'm going to slow down. I'm going to bring it into view. <clears throat> and then I have other scriptures I want to get into. But in Revelation chapter 1, verse 3, Revelation 1, 3. This should help you to prepare for what you now know is going to be coming because there's a foretelling of the events that are coming down the pike. Revelation 1-3, blessed is he that reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy. And keep those things which are written therein for the time is at hand. And, and when you look in the Greek, it's talking about the moment of right now, all the events of the world being squeezed into a moment. It's happening before our very eyes globally. So I wanted you to see that he who reads and they that hear the words of this prophecy prophecy. And then in Revelation chapter 22, verse 7, here's what we read. Revelation 22, 7, behold, I come quickly. Blessed is he that keeps the sayings of the prophecy of this book. Verse 10 says, and he said unto me, seal not the sayings of the prophecy of this book, for the time is at hand. 18, uh, verse 18 or 17, and the spirit and the bride say, come, and let him that hears say, come, and let him that is a thirst come, and whosoever will, let him take the water of life. Verse 18, for I testify unto every man that hears the words of the prophecy of this book. If any man, verse 19 is going to go on uh, and say, if any man shall add unto these things, God shall add unto him the plagues that are therein written in the book. Verse 19, if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy. All right, now a lot of people, we get that, we hear that in our head, and we go, yep, yeah, it's a prophecy. But really pay attention to what's being said there. If the book of Revelation is an end-time prophecy, if this is the book that's going to be fulfilled in the final generation on planet Earth, then we ought to be much occupied with the content of the book. In other words, studying it and looking at it, and to consider that in our generation, since Israel has become a nation, technology has exploded, all this end-time Bible prophecy being fulfilled everywhere. And then the sign of Revelation chapter 12 in 2017 was in the sky, the tetrad of blood-red moons, the solar eclipse. Folks, we're getting very close to something. And while you may live in Judea, and when you see those things happen, you've got to flee to the mountains, or you're that woman that brought forth the man-child, and you're going to flee into the wilderness for three and a half years, what will happen to the people that are listening to this broadcast right now? Where are you going? Where are you going to flee? When the news comes out of Jerusalem, Israel, that a temple is built, pay attention. And then when you get the information that uh, the Antichrist, spoken of in the Bible, is going into the temple and is going to declare himself to be God or that his God is God, where are you going to flee to? Because it doesn't say just hang out and watch it. It says flee. So we know where the people of Judea are going. They're going into the mountains. We know where the woman's going. She's going into the wilderness. God has prepared places for them. How about the people in the islands of the sea? How about the saints of God that are in the North American continent, South America? What about people in Asia? What about people in Europe? What about all the different people living on the different continents of the earth. Where are they going? 
Well, the Holy Spirit should be revealing to people where they're going. There are places being built. There are arcs. There are wilderness experiences. There are Goshen's. Uh, there are cities of refuge. There are places that God would have his people gathered together around the world. How many people are being sensitive, especially in light of the majority of Christian believers today believing in a pre-tribulational rapture? They are not preparing for a wilderness experience for three and a half years. They are expecting to get whisked away in a secret pre-trib rapture any day now so that they won't have to go through these things. We know that that is not true. That is false doctrine. We know that that is a disarming doctrine to multitudes of people that are not going to be ready for what's coming, so they're going to get caught in the snare. They're going into the Great Tribulation. Revelation chapter 7 says so. There's an untold multitude of people that will come out of Great Tribulation having washed their robes in the blood of the Lamb. These are sincere people that were misguided, and my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You could be a wonderful saint have a lack of knowledge, you're still going to have to experience these difficult times. So would you like to go into the Great Tribulation and be washed in the blood of the Lamb through the pressure that's going to hit and the persecution and martyrdom? Or would you rather be in the wilderness in a prepared place that God has prepared? Do you have a choice? I think so. I believe that the 144,000 are people that were not just externally Jewish in their, in their nature, but they were those who follow the lamb whithersoever he goes. There's no guile in their mouth. They are as virgins in their heart. They have a love affair for the groom. And Revelation 14 tells us who they are. So are you ready for the wilderness? <clears throat> That's why I put the screen up. Because we are going into places that have been prepared because it says, and they shall nourish her for three and a half years. Who are they that have prepared these places in the wilderness for the saints of God? You are going to flee in the days that lie ahead. Do you know where you're going? Are you already there? Are you already abiding in the place? that God is going to call you to. How important is this? I believe it's very important. It's not drama. It's the Bible. It's the word of God. It is truly the word of God. Now, I'm always open to conversation about these things, but there is no secret pre-tribulational rapture. The end time church, the generation living in the final moments of time, we're going to have to go through and endure to the end. And they who endure to the end of this tribulation period will be saved. Okay, and how we're going to endure it, well, we need to start thinking about that. And I do believe being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing with the right people right now is the call of the Spirit of God. So let's go. I, I wanted to read this. Let's kind of mark out the atmosphere, the environment of the times we're living in. And I'm going to start in the Old Testament. We'll wind up in the New Testament, just so you don't think we have an Old Testament mentality. Uh, but we do listen to the prophets. And my personal belief, and probably yours too, is that if the prophets of God, every single one of the prophets of God written in the Bible, if those men were in the earth today, if they lived in the earth today, they would speak the exact 
same words that they spoke in their day to our generation. What do you think a true prophet of God like Jeremiah, Isaiah, uh, all of them, what do you think they would say to the atmosphere, the environment, the culture of our day, especially in Israel and in this Judeo-Christian nation called America? Every single prophet of God, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, Isaiah, all of them, their voice, their message, which was God's, not their own, they would speak their message to our moment. And that's why Paul the Apostle in Corinthians told the people of Corinth, listen and take heed to the words of the prophets or the things that were written aforetime so that you don't do the same things that Israel did and suffer the same consequences. And then we're told in the New Testament, not only to really consider what was done back in the Old Testament so you don't repeat it because you'll get the same judgment, we're also told in Jude and Second Peter that every single nation on earth that follows the same ways of Sodom and Gomorrah will be judged the same exact way as Sodom and Gomorrah, okay? Because Sodom and Gomorrah were set as an ensample or a pattern and an example of what will happen to those who do what they do. So we cannot read the New Testament as though the Old Testament and the things that were written and done have no meaning to us today. When the apostles, Paul and Peter, tell the New Testament church, pay attention and don't do what they've done. We have done exactly what Sodom and Gomorrah has done. We have promoted the LGBTQ community, allowed it to take a stronghold in our nation and around the world. They are planting their flags of domination because they've dominated the culture and the society, and their war has been effective. And so Sodom and Gomorrah demons are rising and are everywhere in the culture, in nations around the world. So what do I expect? I expect that the righteous are going to groan. If there's anybody that has a righteous spirit in them, like righteous Lot, they will be vexed every day by the filthy conduct of the wicked. I expect that the righteous people of God will groan within our culture and society unless they are lukewarm Christians that could care less, they capitulate, tolerate, just so they can live their best life now. And if you're going to live that way, so be it. You may be a good person and just have ignored All that has happened, but you need to know, in spite of that, that the Bible says we're going to get the same judgment. And what was that judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah? It was the fire of God in brimstone coming down and wiping it out that it doesn't exist today. You can't find it. You can find the location, but you can't find any part of it. Maybe a statue of Lot's wife that looked back when he told him to flee. Flee. All right, so again, what do I expect? I expect a firestorm from the Lord. I expect a righteous judgment from God to hit our nation and many nations around the world in an end-time epic unfolding, and I believe that's coming. But first, Sodom and Gomorrah has to grow into its zenith. It has to begin the persecution against the angels of God. Let's rape those angels. Let's rape those men and that, that spirit of homosexuality, that spirit of depravity, that spirit that is, it was present then, that's present now, it's going to become so ugly 
and it's going to be so demonized. And so we have to make sure that we're under the protective hedge of God. But it's not just Sodom and Gomorrah. Here's what Jeremiah said to his generation. And I believe that this is what Jeremiah would say to the nations of the earth today, as though he would stand in the highways of the nation. He would stand in the highways of the nation. And that's what the prophets did. They stood out in the public arena and they declared the word of the Lord. And they did it until it was heard to the highest echelons of political power, until it was heard by the ruling priest, until it was heard by all the people. Their message was heard. I want you to hear the message of Jeremiah to America today. And I will begin, I'm going to spend a little bit of time here. In verse 10 of Jeremiah chapter 4, let's begin there. Then said I, ah, Lord God, surely you have greatly deceived this people and Jerusalem, saying you shall have peace, whereas the sword reaches unto the soul. Today there are many people proclaiming the coming peace. America is going to be great again. Everything's going to turn around. The bad guys are going to prison. All that conversation, we're going to have peace in our nation. And yet Jeremiah said, boy, boy, God, have you deceived these people. Because while they're proclaiming peace and safety, the sword is going to reach unto the soul. In verse 11, it says, that at that time shall it be said to this people and to Jerusalem, which is the capital city. So I take the words of Jeremiah, put it in our moment. He's speaking to Washington, D.C., the political head of the United States of America that's about to be decapitated. And he's saying to it, to all the people of the nation and to Jerusalem, the capital city, a dry wind of the high places in the wilderness toward the daughter of my people, not to fan, not to cleanse, even a full wind from those places shall come unto me. Now also will I give sentence against them. In other words, this wind that's coming is a wind of destruction, It is a wind of power that's going to destroy everything in its path. It's not coming to fan the flame of revival or cleanse. It's coming to destroy like a hurricane, like a massive Category 10 hurricane, if anything like that exists. I expect that at some point we're going to see a hurricane more powerful than anything ever recorded in the history of the recording of hurricanes. I believe that hurricane's coming to the United States of America. And I think if the hurricanes a couple of years ago that were striking places like the Bahamas and Houston and Florida and wherever else they hit, if they were powerful and they did the damage they did, I believe we're going to have a hurricane season that's going to be massive, and God is sending a wind to destroy, and it will not be limited here. I believe there's going to be a weather breakout all over the world, but in the United States, upon this nation, God is going to send, I really believe, a massive hurricane, and it's going to knock power out, and it's going to do such extensive damage that there's not going to be the ability to repair. There are going to be parts of this nation that are going to become uninhabitable. You will not be able to go for vacation to certain places. 
Now, he goes on to say in verse 13, Behold, he shall come up as clouds. So the wind that he's bringing was who? He's bringing Babylon. (laughs) He's bringing Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar, right? He shall come up as clouds, and his chariot shall be as a whirlwind. So also, along with the natural disaster of hurricane weather, he's bringing war. He's bringing a great nation or an assembly of great nations together, the United Nations. He's bringing that United Nation, that Babylon, that Tower of Babel, where all the nations of the earth gathered together. Remember where Babel began with a tower where all the people of one speech, of one language, and today through the United Nations, that's what's going on. He's going to bring the United Nations forces like a whirlwind, where? To this nation. His horses are swifter than eagles. Woe unto us, for we are spoiled. Yeah, I mean, that is the word that Jeremiah, he would say to America. Let's just put Jeremiah, and he would say it. Hey, America. Hey, Washington, D.C. I'm bringing a force against you of war. And it will be the king of Babylon, the United Nations, an assembly of nations, and I'm going to bring a force of wind through hurricane power naturally. Your nation will be devastated. Now, these powerful forces that are going to make cities in America and states in America uninhabitable, where you will not be able to inhabit them, and then we know through other prophecies the cities will have pestilence and plague, and people won't be able to come in or out because the wrath of God is upon them. He says, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Washington, D.C., wash your heart from wickedness. And I could just see Jeremiah standing here. You know, he's not even concerned about Google or Facebook or Uh, politics or government. It's like he is speaking what God is saying is going to happen. And all those lesser powers, they probably don't even come into his mind. The lesser powers are probably thinking there's something great, but they're not. Jeremiah is proclaiming what God is going to allow to happen to a nation that has offended him. He's not getting into theology and thinking about things. He just knows one thing. God told him to speak it. Destruction is coming upon your land. So he asked the question, how long shall your vain thoughts lodge within you? For a voice declares from Dan and publishes affliction from Mount Ephraim. So he says to America, he says, America, nations of the earth, how long are your vain thoughts of peace going to abide in you? How long are you going to continue to think out of the imagination of your heart that everything is going to turn around and all these things are going to come? He says, these are vain thoughts. You don't get it yet. The nation is under judgment and God is sending his judgment. He's going to do it. Stop with these vain thoughts. Get your wilderness prepared. Get your Goshen prepared. Get your ark ready. The time of disaster is coming. Will it come through nuclear bombs? Probably. That would make states and cities uninhabitable. Come on. The the, the whirlwind of judgment is coming. 
Get these vain thoughts out of your head. Verse 16, the vain thoughts of peace and safety. Make ye mention to the nations. Go tell the nations. Behold, publish against Washington, D.C., capital city, Jerusalem. Publish, tell her, tell Washington that watchers come from a far country. Watchers are watching Washington, D.C. Are they the watchers from heaven? Are they the watchers of the terror cells of Islam? Who are the watchers? Who are the watchers? Whoever they are, tell Washington, D.C. that watchers come from a far country and give out their voice against the cities of America. The cities of America. The watchers are uttering their voice. The prophets are speaking the words of God. They are uttering their voice against Washington, D.C. and the cities of America. As keepers of a field, in verse 17, are they against her round about because she has been rebellious against me, saith the Lord. So God is saying, the watchers are round about her. They're uttering the words of doom and destruction and disaster. Why? Because Washington, D.C. has what? Been rebellious against the Lord. Rebellious how? By pulling down righteous laws that protected society and promoting laws of abomination. That has happened in America. I'm sorry, I'm getting a little intense right now. But that is exactly what America has done. Rebelled against God. You don't have to get into thinking about this. You don't have to bring theology and eschatology and conversation and, well, what about and what about, blah, blah, blah. No. Wake up. America has sinned against God. In Washington, D.C., the government made war with God and is still making war with God. And you think it's going to go unchecked? Heck no. The prophet is saying that disaster and doom is coming. Washington, D.C. is going to be obliterated by a nuclear weapon. It's going to be wiped out. And by other mechanisms of war, the power grid is going down. The economy is going to collapse. Cities are going to be destroyed. If you believe the prophets. This is what Jeremiah would say to America today to the Judeo-Christian nation. And he would warn the people of what is coming. Verse 18, thy way and thy doings have procured these things unto thee. Every single day for a generation we have watched sitcoms and television openly blaspheme and mock and scorn and ridicule the Holy Son of God, Jesus Christ, and everything concerning God. Every single day out of the belly of hell in Hollywood, out of the belly of hell in Washington, D.C., for a generation. So God says, your way and your doings have procured or brought these things unto you. This is your wickedness because it is bitter 
because it reaches unto the heart. The sin that's going on in this world today and in our country that promoted it and spread forth the abomination of abortion to the ends of the earth through Planned Parenthood, the abomination of LGBTQ, they've now promoted men marrying men, the great abomination of our day. These things are drawing this wrath. So God's wrath, he's saying, Jeremiah's going, hey, there's a reason for what I'm telling you. There's a reason why it's going to happen. And then the prophet, Jeremiah, in verse 19, cries out, my bowels, my bowels, my inward parts, my affections, all the thought and feeling of my being, I am pained at my very heart. My heart makes a noise in me. I cannot hold my peace because thou hast heard, O my soul, the sound of the trumpet, the alarm of war. Jeremiah standing in Jerusalem the days he was giving this word, he felt every bit of what he was saying from the Lord. It reached his heart. It reached his bowels. It pained him. Because his soul heard something. He heard the alarm of war. The third wave rises. And the alarm of war upon our nation. And the destruction of men, women, and children. And the bodies of the dead to the left and to the right. The utter obliteration and people wandering from sea to sea. From the Atlantic to the Pacific fleeing their cities in terror and fear and an outbreak of violence like you've never known. And he knows it and he's crying out. And he says in verse 20, destruction upon destruction is cried. He knows it. He loves his country. He loves the people. And yet God is bringing a judgment and it's a double portion upon our nation today. We know better. And God is bringing this destruction upon destruction. Is cried, for the whole land is spoiled. Have you not noticed that our nation is reek with spoiling? Have you not seen? Do you not hear? Do you not bear witness to the condition of our nation? It is broken. It is, it is sin sick. It is sick from the head to the toes, said Isaiah. There is no healing balm, for they have rejected the great physician. And we're trusting Fauci, and we're trusting the CDC to tell us how to make it. No, they don't have the answer. The answer is Jesus Christ. And we have rejected the great physician for the little physicians of this world that are trying to fix a nation that cannot be fixed by their formulas by a vaccination, or any other thing. It does not heal the nation. Suddenly are my tents spoiled. There's that suddenly again. There's that word bitter again. Amos chapter 8, it's like a bitter day. Suddenly again it comes. Suddenly, they, Isaiah 47, 11 prophecy, suddenly destruction comes. Suddenly it's here. And yet for years the prophets have been prophesying for years, Jeremiah stood in our streets and spoke 
his message to the nation, but the New Testament church wanted nothing to do with Old Testament prophecy. Why? Because it's dumbed down in death. It's lost its salt. It's lost its anointing. It's fed on false doctrines. Once saved, always saved. Pre-tribulational rapture. No harm will ever come to me. I sit as a queen and I will see no trouble. The church entertained the spirit of Babylon and trusted in the strength of Babylon. But I tell you today, if you're trusting in the strength of America, the military power of America, patriotism in America, if that's your trust, you have trusted in the wrong thing. Our trust is in the Lord. The uncompromisingly righteous may be spared in this day of doom that has been decreed against this nation. But it will not be by trusting Fauci or the CDC or anybody else, even if they had a proper formula, which probably would have come. The the CDC would have had a proper formula for success to bring healing if our nation wasn't under such judgment and we weren't in such rebellion. If we were holy, if we were righteous, God would have given a cure, and he's giving it to the righteous. There is a J. Connie uh, vaccination. We have the inoculation. We have the blood of Jesus. We have it. The righteous will only know it. Suddenly are my tents spoiled and my curtains in a moment. How long shall I see the standard and hear the sound of the trumpet? How long? You know, when people descended from the watchman's wall and they put their trumpets down in our generation, they failed to do the will of God. God has been blowing his trumpet through faithful men and women throughout our entire generation, from the Dimitri Dudemans and the David Wilkerson's and the great men of God who refused to turn away because they were persecuted by a lukewarm church. They continued to declare the judgment that would hit our nation if we did not turn our course and return back to God. We are so far down the road. We couldn't go back if we wanted to. We are lost in the judgment and darkness of perdition and the demonic spirits, Satan, Oh, is he just relishing this moment upon this nation to destroy it like in means and manners that we don't know. And whatever aspects of Babylonian uh, likeness and globalism is here that will join, they're going to have to, you know, get out of the way. I mean, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming fierce. And when it comes and everything is destroyed out of the ashes, the new world order is coming. Satan's taking his feet. Get ready. Now he says this in verse 22, the prophet Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 4, for my people are foolish. My people are foolish. And I tell you today, there there are some foolish things going on in the ministries that are out there today. They are simply foolish. Jeremiah was not educated in the school of the prophets. Jeremiah did not go to seminary school. Jeremiah did not have a a degree of completion. Jeremiah had none of that. He was a mere man that had the spirit of God in him and the words of God in him. 
And he spoke those words faithfully because God said, if you don't, I'll embarrass you before the whole nation. So he got a hold of what God was doing, and God showed him why he was doing what he was doing. He said, God, you have every right to do it. And there was so much foolishness. The patriots of Israel were conspiring. The military powers were conspiring to make an alliance with Egypt. The prophet, the priest, and the king were all saying, oh, everything is going to be all right. Hananiah was telling Jeremiah, two years, we're all going to be recovered again. There was so much foolishness going on as there is today. Foolish chatter that people are participating in. Foolish. And what happened was that Jeremiah's words prevailed and the whole nation was wiped out and went into captivity. And there was no two-year recovery. It was 70 years before Israel would ever begin to return. 70 years, a generation. There are foolish doctrines going on, foolish teachings, foolish hearts, vain imaginations. They have not known me. And that's the problem. They don't know the Lord. They don't know him intimately. That's the problem. They are sottish children. They are still babes. They are carnal, fleshly, lukewarm, whatever it is. This is just the truth. This is God's word. They have no understanding. They're not recognizing. They're not seeing. They don't understand. They're understanding like babies because they're immature in the spirit. They may have knowledge. They may have all kinds of stuff, but they're immature in the spirit. They've had no dealing with the Lord. The Lord has not dealt with them like a son. Hebrews chapter 12. They are wise to do evil, but to do good, they have no knowledge. They have no knowledge. In Jeremiah 4.23, Jeremiah said these words. I beheld the earth, and lo, it was without form. And it was void. Wow. That's what it was like in Genesis. He's beholding a time where everything's going to be emptied out. The heavens, and they had no light. Listen, the heavens had no light. Darkness is coming on the earth. Darkness, spiritual darkness and actual physical darkness is coming on the earth. This may be the last message I will ever preach over these airwaves. This may be the last time I ever speak these words. I have been speaking these things for a long, long time. And this may be the last message, and I want you to remember it. I want you to download it. I want you to go through the scriptures. I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to guide you. I want the love of Jesus Christ to guide your heart into all these things, but I want you to feel the intensity that you need to feel about this moment. You need to stop entertaining foolish chatter. You need to stop entertaining foolish, vain imaginations. You need to understand what time it is. 
You need to understand you're getting ready to go into the wilderness if you're one of those that are going to make it there. You need to stop playing games. You need to stop being self-deceived and being destroyed for a lack of knowledge. You need to understand that what I'm telling you is the truth in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, the book of Revelation, and all the writings of the apostles and prophets. You need to know what I'm telling you is the truth. We may never have a chance to talk again. We may never have an opportunity to spend time with each other. I'm telling you, this is the word of God to this nation and to this earth. And he said that the heavens and they had no light. I beheld the mountains and lo, they trembled. And the hills, all the hills moved lightly. I beheld and lo, there was no man. And all the birds of the heavens were fled. I beheld and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness. And all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord. And by his fierce anger. It would be so easy to theologically, eschatologically, take these scriptures and put them to Revelation chapter 16. Revelation chapter 16 is the pouring out of the seven vials of the wrath of God. That certainly is going to do this. But I understand this to also mean, because these things have happened before, these kind of events in Jeremiah's day had happened. So there have been many apocalypses along the way, many great tribulations along the way, but one's coming that's never been before, will never be again. This is what's ready to happen to our nation. Out of the ashes, the three and a half year great tribulation is going to come, and then the final tribulation will hit in the vials of the wrath of God. We're getting ready for what we just read. For verse 27 says, For thus hath the Lord said, the whole land shall be desolate. Yet will I not make a full end. Praise God. There's going to be a remnant. There are going to be those who are surviving in that wilderness. For this shall the earth mourn and the heavens above be black. Because I have spoken it, I have purposed it, and will not repent. Neither will I turn back from it. You know what he's saying? Your judgment is sealed. He tells Jeremiah, do not pray for this people, for I will not hear your words. Today, you mark it down. The fate of this nation is sealed unto doom, desolation, and judgment by God himself. I'm sending the notice. Sealed, signed, delivered. This is what will be. All other chatter will be meaningless, 
and vain speculation and opinions, what I just gave you today so far is the truth. It is the truth. Saints of God, what are we going to do with this truth? God's not going to make a full end because there's more to come in the Revelation chapter 16 after the Great Tribulation. This is the breaking down to bring us into the Great Tribulation. I could find that in Revelation chapter 6 all the way to chapter 12. I could find those, this truth. But saints, what do we do with this? uncompromisingly righteous, the ones whose God is, whose hearts are being tested by God to the core right now. God is testing our hearts big time so that we could be separated unto the preservation worthy to enter into the wilderness we are being tested, saints. A, d- a line is being drawn in the sand of our own hearts. And either we're going to entertain the flattery and the... Or we're going to turn to the Lord and serve him and be in right standing with him. Verse 29. The whole city shall flee from the noise of the horsemen. And the bowmen, there's the military power. They shall go into thickets and climb up upon the rocks. Every city shall be forsaken and not a man dwell therein. Don't give up on me right now. Just hear God's words. Just hear his words. Not a man will dwell in these cities. That's how uninhabited they're going to be. And when... You are spoiled. What will you do? America, America, how I would have gathered you together like a hen does her chicks, but you would not. Jesus Christ wept over Jerusalem. Jerusalem, Jerusalem. America, America. What are you going to do when this time comes. Though you clothe yourself with crimson, though you deck you with ornaments of gold, though you rennest thy face with painting, in vain shall you make yourself fair. Oh, all the cosmopolitan, Hollywood, glitz and glitter, all the outward facade of being something when we're nothing. Your lovers, all those that have been in alignment with you, all those that have been with you, will despise you. America is coming to the point of being despised by many nations that are more evil than ourselves. But God is going to bring their hatred and their despicability against this nation. That this nation turned away from God to get involved in all the nations, to have trade and commerce and success and power. Ooh, that was a bad move, America. They will seek your life. For I have heard a voice 
listen carefully. Here's Bible prophecy in motion. I have heard a voice as of a woman in travail. And the anguish as of her that brings forth her first child. Oh, the voice of the daughter of Zion that bewails herself. All Bible prophecy is about a woman in travail and the birth pangs that come, the pain that comes. She spreads her hands saying, woe is me now, for my soul is wearied because of murderers. The next part of the prophecy speaks so loud. I'll get back to it in a second. I want to visit our chat room, see what's going on in the chat room today. Good morning to Cindy Messman. Good morning, Cindy. Thank you for your kindness. Kevin Hauger, good morning. Once background. Mm. (laughs) In other words, don't use this background ever again. Got it. It's to fit the theme of the message, right? Brenda Torville, good morning to you. Dear sister, Carol Carey, greetings to you. God bless you. I was told that the nation, Kevin Hauger said, I was told that the nation is now starting to worry, having fear about the pandemic. And as the days go along, more and more, we will hear the voices of the people. I believe that's true. Oh, Kevin says, great background. Praise God. Glad you like it, Kevin. Praise the Lord. All right. Charlotte Gotch is with us today. Charlotte, good morning to you. Kevin says many will not know where to turn for help and are not and, and and not the shot. Okay. Cindy, good morning to Brenda. Brenda says, good morning, Pastor Melissa Flesher. Good morning, my brothers and sisters. David Ellison is with us today. Melissa, good morning to you, Pastor Melissa. David Ellison, good morning. God bless you, Dave. Good to see you again. I personally think that the tribulation is for believers to see who really loves Jesus. You're right on. I believe it with all my heart. I agree. Brother Hector's with us this morning. Good morning to all. Preach it, dear Brother Vincent. Indeed, time is very short. It's true. Jody Keene, not one prophet today prophesied Biden's win or stolen election. Hmm. Well, Jody, we did have a dream. And we did declare it, I did, 14 months before he became the president. God showed me a dream that he would be the president wearing a blue suit and a blue tie on Inauguration Day. And that dream came to pass perfectly, just in case you didn't know. Monica Douglas, Arizona here. God bless you, Monica. Welcome. Jody Keene went on to say, what's worse, COVID or homosexuality? Sexual sin. We're immersed in it, Jody. The whole nation has become sensualized and sexualized to such a degree. The next part of the prophecy is going to tell all about it. Bonnie Boyer, good morning. Let not your heart be troubled. Put your trust in God. It shall come to pass whether you believe it or not. It is written. Amen to that. And I totally agree. Let not your heart be troubled. Be in peace. In Christ Jesus, there is an ark of salvation for every single person that would come to him. Kevin Honeycutt says to us today, Pastor Kevin, preach, boy, preach. (laughs) Outstanding word of truth that is so needed in this hour now. Many do not know Bible truth because they are afraid of truth, or the ministers behind the pulpits have not given Bible truth. Enjoying this, my brother. Thank you. 
to a great man of God, Kevin Honeycutt, will be here ministering during the Feast of Tabernacles. Um, Jody Keene says, judgment is here. Of course it is. Absolutely. Cindy Messman, thank you for sharing the truth. You're welcome. Kim Watskin Love, tears, tears, tears. How can they hate Jesus? So many countries already black out. Amen. Or block out Lebanon. You know what I heard last night, by the way, I'm going to share this with you. Uh, Sean says he loves the background, by the way. And then Jody says, I do not know anybody prophesied vitamins when I was being looking and looking to see if anybody. So I missed you. It, but you said you didn't much for, for that is amazing. Thanks. Okay. Praise the Lord, Jody. And I was just saying that in truth. That did happen. And we talked about it for 14 months before it happened. Okay. So. Yesterday, this is, this is a, a news flash, okay? This is breaking news. Yesterday, Patricia and I were in a furniture store to get a chair. And we were in this furniture store, and it was slow. And I asked them, how is the furniture business? And here's what they said. These are the managers behind the scenes doing all the work. They said it's really slow and it's really bad because Taiwan, Vietnam, these areas of manufacture are totally, this is their words, they are totally locked down. Did the news media tell you that? Countries are totally locked down. There is no manufacturing, and they said the poor people have no jobs. And their economy is getting hit, and they are in lockdown. I didn't know that Vietnam was locked down. I didn't know that Taiwan was locked down. I didn't know how many other nations or countries around the world are locked down. And when they said it, they said it with such expression. They're totally locked down. They're going to lock down America, too. It's coming. It is coming all over the world. I want to get back to the prophecy in Jeremiah, and I just want to read a few verses, and I want you to think about this. I want you to consider this, and it's going to be hard to imagine, but consider Jeremiah 5.1. Run ye to and fro through the streets of America. Just go through Jerusalem, Washington, D.C., the capital city. Run to and fro through that street and see now and know and seek in the broad places thereof. If you can find a man, if there be any that executes judgment, that seeks the truth, and I will pardon it. Now listen, seeking the truth is different than seeking what I want to hear. I want to hear peace and safety. I want to hear all is well. I want to hear it's all going to turn around. I want to hear what I want to hear. And remember, in the last days, they're going to heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they're going to say to the prophets, prophesy smooth things, stop prophesying these hard things. So truth is not seeking, or seeking the truth is not the same as seeking what I want someone to tell me to make me feel better about my moment. He said, go and see if you can find anybody that's seeking the truth. How many prophets quote-unquote, that you know out there that are prophesying the truth. 
Or are they prophesying what people want to hear? And are the people that are listening wanting the truth or they want to hear all this stuff that they're saying? God challenged Jeremiah, go through the city streets, find out if you can find a man. In verse 2, he says, and though they say, the Lord liveth, surely they swear falsely. Lots of people, sure, the Lord lives. We want the Lord's will. It was like in Jeremiah 41 and 42, when the remnant came to Jeremiah and said, whatever God tells you, remember? Whatever God tells you, we will do. Jeremiah went and talked to the Lord. Ten days later, shows up and says, here's what the Lord says. Don't go down into Egypt. Oh, no, that's not from the Lord. You want to kill us. They wanted the prophet to tell them what they wanted to hear. Want to hear the story? Read it. Jeremiah 41 and 42. Incredible story of what's going on today. The people speak to us, prophets of God. Tell us whatever the Lord says and we'll obey. The true prophets of God come back and say, it's, this, is, this place here, it's doomed. But if you'll remain in it, trusting the Lord, I'll take care of you. But if you run into Egypt, you're dead. And they reject him. Go see if you could find a man that wants the truth. Verse 3, O Lord. I'm going to read out of my scriptures. In verse 3, O Lord, are not your eyes upon the truth? They, or, or thou hast stricken them. Listen, here's what God's done to America. Thou hast stricken this nation, but they have not grieved. Go back to 9-11-2001. Thou hast consumed them, but they, have not, but they have refused to receive correction. What happens when we refuse to receive correction? Like my sister Sally said last night, the heart gets hard. They have made their faces harder than a rock. They have refused to return. Ladies and gentlemen, America has refused to turn to the Lord, and it's going to be destroyed. Therefore, I said, surely these are poor. They are foolish, for they know not the way of the Lord, nor the judgment of their God. And that's what I think is happening today. Most of the New Testament church, the believers in this final generation, don't know the judgment of God. They think that God doesn't do that anymore. I will get me, Jeremiah said, unto the great men. I'm going to go to the great men. They'll know what to do and will speak unto them. For they have known the way of the Lord and the judgment of their God. So let me go find those that once knew. But these have altogether broken the yoke and burst the bonds. The ones that I would go and find wisdom from, they're not available. They can't do it anymore. I can't even find wisdom from them. They once knew the judgment of God. They once knew the ways of God. They once knew that when a nation does what our nation does, judgment's coming. But I can't find them anymore. They're all telling stories. They're telling lies. The best of them are telling lies. Wherefore, a lion out of the forest shall slay them, and a wolf of the evening shall spoil them. 
A leopard shall watch over their cities. A lion, a wolf, and a leopard representing nations. There's symbolic truth to these things. Everyone shall go out there. Everyone that goes out of those cities shall be torn in pieces. Pestilence within. You try to leave, torn in pieces. Because their transgressions are many and their backslidings are increased. I want to ask you a question. Who was Jeremiah prophesying to? Babylon? The heathen? He was prophesying to his own nation. Jeremiah is prophesying to this nation and to Israel. He's speaking to the nations that know better. Verse 7, because I can't even turn, he says, how shall I pardon thee for this? America, how shall I pardon you even if I wanted to pardon you? How can I? How can I pardon a nation that slaughters innocent blood every single moment of the day? How can I pardon a nation that promotes evil against me, saith the Lord? How can I? Your children have forsaken me and sworn by them that are no gods. Even your children are just following your wicked example. When I had fed them to the full, then they committed adultery and assembled themselves by troops in the harlot's houses. I mean, think about long lines going into the whore's house. Think about them like troops. They're going in, in, in the harlot's houses. They were as fed horses in the morning. Everybody line up. Let's go. And our nation is just like that. Troops of adultery, sexuality, pornography. We are immersed and don't ever forget that pornography is a weapon against the nation to take their eyes away from God. Pornography is a tool in the hand of an enemy to bring the nation away from the Lord so that they can move against it. Our nation is sin-sick in sexual sin. Jody said it right. They would line up in this nation like a troop of soldiers waiting at the door, like horses waiting to be fed one after another. Wow. See, we don't know how sin-sick our nation is, but God shows the prophets what we're really doing. And when you see it, my God, when you see what this nation is doing, Everyone made after his neighbor's wife. Shall I not visit for these things, saith the Lord, and shall not my soul be avenged on such a nation as this? When you stop and think about everything our nation has done, and God is saying to the highest superpower nation in the world, what have you done? And in the mind of the nation is spinning, oh, no judgment will come. Nothing bad is going to happen. Meanwhile, strike after strike after strike for 20 years since 9-11-2001, September 11th, right ahead of us, 20 years. 20 years I have strike, I have struck you. I have shown you the damages of the mind of your people. But you didn't turn. You didn't repent. Go ye up upon her walls. Now God gives the command to the enemy. Go ye up upon her walls and destroy. 
but make not a full end. Take away her battlements, for they are not the Lord's. So everything this nation is trusting in, they're going to be gone because they're not the Lord's defense. The Lord is no longer the defense of our nation. We've trusted in other gods of military power and our weapons and our systems, but they're not the Lord's. For the house of Israel, America, Judea, Christian America, and the house of Judah have dealt very treacherously against me. All the people of the land have dealt very treacherously against me, saith the Lord. They have belied the Lord and said, it is not he, neither shall evil come upon us. That's what the nation is saying. Evil is not going to come upon us. Neither shall we see sword nor famine. We will not see the sword. We will not see the famine, the prophets say. And the prophets shall become wind, and the word is not in them. Thus shall it be done unto them. Wherefore, thus saith the Lord God of hosts, because you speak this word, no judgment, no war, behold, I will make my words in thy mouth fire, and this people would. And it shall devour them. In other words, Jeremiah, my words are going to be like fire, and you're going to speak, and this nation, these people are going to be like wood, and this nation is going to be set on fire. Lo, I will bring a nation upon you from far, O house of Israel. America, I'm bringing a nation, saith the Lord. It is a mighty nation, a united nation, an assembly of nations, a coalition of nations. It is an ancient nation, a nation whose language you know not. Oh, man, can you feel it? Can you see it? I don't know the language of Chinese or Russian or Babylonian, Iranian, Islamic. Neither understand us what they say. How much more? You know, these people really couldn't endure the words of Jeremiah. I wonder how many people right now are just going, man, this is hard. It may be the last time that we have the opportunity to speak. And you've got to get it in your spirit. As for me and my house, we are looking forward to going in to the ark and shutting the door and allow the Lord to shut it behind us. The time is near and the time is at hand. What are you going to do? He asked that question earlier. When this time of spoiling comes, what are you going to do? You know what I hope? I hope that God will speak so clearly to our spirit as he has done today. We may be out and about because I'm not an advocate of fear. I truly am not. I do not preach fear. I preach God's word. It's truth. And men's hearts will melt with fear for what they see. But for me in my house, for the saints of God, for New Wine Ministries, for our church, the love of God that's in this ministry, and to the saints of God abroad, I really know that as we are living, there's not, a, there's not one person in our ministry that's afraid of these days. They're actually giddy about them, which is maybe sounds a little crazy, but it's not. Because all it's saying is that it's righteous for God to bring this upon this nation. And we're just going to get out of the way. 
We're just going to get out of the way. And then when the strike comes and then the new world order comes to power, we're going to be where we're supposed to be. And we're going to ride out that storm for three and a half years. And immediately after that, the Lord's coming to bring us to himself. We're all good with that. That's the plan. I don't want to get caught in the snare. I don't want you to get caught in the snare. I can't read anymore. I'm going to stop right there. I'm not going to say anymore. Thanks for the comments, Jody. Monica, God bless you. I'm going to check the phone lines. Maybe if there's somebody out there, I see a call coming in. We're going to go to our phone lines now. We've got uh, just a minute or so, a few minutes, whatever. We'll go to the phone lines. We'll take the call. And uh, let me just make sure everything's set to go here. And we're going to go to area code 605. And these are our friends from South Dakota. And oops, I went the wrong way. We're going to go to the microphone. We're going to go here. I've got to work this out. And we're going to go here and here. And we're going to say good morning, area code 605, 695. You are on the air. God bless you. Good morning. Yes, I I haven't had the opportunity to listen to your entire program this morning, but when I honed in here at the end, I thought, oh, praise the Lord, you're still on. Well, here's my question, Pastor Vincent. Now, okay, the population of our America is like 360 million people. Now, God has what we call, you know, Goshen's, where people are gathering in areas in their different states and that and you know i believe that somehow some way god knows where all of us are at but i believe that god is putting together particular people that we will be able to be in one mind and one accord with and i just want to thank you and patricia for all the years that my husband and I have had, the last 10 years, we have had the opportunity to come to your services there in Arkansas, and we have grown in the Lord. I just want to say thank you. Well, God bless you. Thank you so much for that kind compliment. And what you said is true. If you are living in this day and you live in an apartment building in Miami, Florida, but you're in the Lord and you're trusting the Lord and you're all connected to God, he will be your refuge there. If he's told you to stay in that place, if you're in South Dakota, if you're Tennessee, you're anywhere in the country, if you're in the right place at the right time doing the right thing with the right people right now, you can expect a supernatural protection of God. But there is also a wisdom of being prepared to go through, and so preparation is a really wise thing to do. Kathy, God bless you. We can't wait to see you for the Feast of Tabernacles. And boy, did you just go through a major trial in your life. And I can't wait to hear your testimony when you come and speak uh, to the people and share that testimony while you're here. Absolutely amazing what God has brought you through. And you sound wonderful. Yes, it's God. He brought me through. I was at the brink of death. Yes, you were. And let me tell you, I'll tell you what, this is in my heart. I'm telling you, God is searching our hearts to the nth degree, 
and it's going to be pure in heart toward God. So there is there is a place. Uh, there is a place of rest, and there is a place of true pureness toward God Almighty. And everything else doesn't matter when you come to that place in in your life. Yep. Waiting to see you all. Bye. All right. Bye, Kathy. God bless you. Okay, we've just run out of time right now. We're going to have to say goodbye. Um, Monica's saying, repent now before it's too late. Uh, the children suffer the most. It's so true. So, again, take what you heard today. Lord willing, we'll see you tomorrow. Whatever God's doing right now, I believe today was by his spirit, and we're going to let it rest now with him. Make Jesus Christ your abiding place and your secret place. We'll talk to you soon. There's a lot going on in this country, a lot going on around the world. Right now, there's a roundtable discussion on OmegaRadio.org, OmegaRadio.org. Patricia Joy Xavier, my beloved wife, wrote a book called Deliverance, the Christian Bill of Rights. She has a roundtable of friends that discuss some pretty incredible things. You may want to go there right now. That's OmegaRadio.org. We'll see you soon. Lord willing, God bless. Have a wonderful day in the Lord. Shalom.